from Bamrat Hospital Talks. I am your host, Dr. Laura, Dr. Pharmacy, and in today's episode, we will talk about the extremely interesting medical technology, robotic surgeries. Robots have been working in the manufacturing industry since the 1950s, but the entry into the medical field was not until the 1990s, along with a demand for minimally invasive surgery. Since then, the growth of the robotics industry and the artificial intelligence technology have driven advances in robotic surgery. And I am honored to introduce our expert, clinical professor Dr. Anusak Yakpraksawa. Dr. Anusak graduated from medical school in Japan and did his fellowship in surgical oncology in the United States. He has extensive experience in cancer surgery and has incorporated minimally invasive surgery into his practice. Dr. Nosak considered one of the pioneers in robotic surgery and has taught, presented, and performed live surgeries both nationally and internationally. Thank you, Dr. Nosak, for spending your time with us today. Thank you, Laura. I'm happy to be here. And uh, thank you, listener, for being here too. And I would love to ask you more about your professional experience. Um, okay, I think I should start right back when I was, I guess, in Japan. I, I went to Japan to study medicine um, after high school in Thailand uh, under the auspices of the Japanese government. Uh, it was called the Mabusho Fellowship Scholarship Program at that time. Uh, after finished medical school, then I spent another five years doing uh, research and uh, clinical training in uh, thoracic surgery and uh, GI oncology. And then I went to, uh, I went to the States. Um, I did additional fellowship in surgical oncology at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Oh, wow. And after that, well, it's a long kind of training, you know, <laughs> period for me. Uh, after that, I went to Brooklyn, uh, New York Methodist Hospital to become the director of surgical oncology there. Uh, I spent another five years there, and um, then I moved to uh, the Valley Hospital in New Jersey, just really across the river. Um, there, uh, I um, became the director of surgical oncology and uh, minimal invasive surgery. Uh, we didn't have robotic at that time. That was in 1995. Wow. Yeah. Um, I um, did a lot of um, cancer surgery, mostly uh, in open uh, fashion, up to uh, around uh, up to around 1990 when I uh, switched to laparoscopic surgery. Uh, but again, I, I applied that only to a simple you know, operation uh, because uh, the my kind of cases were too complex for laparoscopic surgery. Um, then uh, at Valley Hospital around 2000, uh, we got the robot. Oh, what was the first robot there? Um, well, it's uh, our hospital is probably one of the first two in New Jersey that purchased the robotic system. Uh, it happened because one of our cardiac surgeons who loved toy and he wanted to have the robot to play 
So what happened is that he donated his money to the hospital and um, have the hospital uh, bought the system for him to use. But, um, you know, because his volume was low and m many of his kids are really not indicated for robotic surgery, so he asked us, the general surgeon, to go for a training. So three, 13 of us went, and out 13, only I survived and uh, continued to use robot. Oh, that's amazing, doctor. So this is probably then your first time actually saw the robot, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you feel about that, your first experience? Well, I was quite skeptical about it because I thought it was just a gimmick, you know, the idea of using that kind of, um, well, I would say immature technology at that time to apply to the kind of surgery that I was doing, which was very complex. Um, in my mind, it was just not possible. But then when I went for the training, as soon as I sat in the console, or what you call control center, and start moving the um, manipulators, uh, it just um, like a lightning, you know, hit me or something popped in my head. I really see the potential at that time that um, maybe I could use this robot to apply to some of my surgery that I couldn't do at that time with laparoscopy. And so that's my first impression of that robot. So when I came back, I started recruiting the patient. The first case was, of course, a very simple one, was a you know, gallbladder cholecystectomy. Was it a total one? Did you remove totally? Uh, yeah, totally. And, okay. you know, the patient was 92 years old. Oh, <laughs> And, okay. um, you know, he was very uh, in good health. Uh, he was uh, still playing golf. So when I told him that I'm going to use robot to operate on him, he was kind of confused a little bit. Uh, then I was uh, yeah, explained to him. I was very honest about it. I said, you know, this uh, you'll be my first, but I can assure you that uh, you know I am quite confident uh, about um, doing cholecystectomy. If something happened that I couldn't continue with robotic, I would make sure that you're safe, and I would proceed to you know perform a laparoscopic on you. And um, he just smiled and said, "Okay, go ahead." Okay, then, so this is was your plan B, right? If yeah. it does not work, you can do laparoscopic or that, right? And uh, it went very well. Uh, fortunately, you know, we spent uh, not even uh, forty minutes uh, completed procedure, so it uh, gave me um, sort of uh, encouragement to continue. And after that, we start putting more and more uh, difficult cases in. By the end of the year, uh, we did about 14 cases. The last case was a distal pancreatectomy, which uh, was uh, really um, a uh, kind of challenging procedure at that time. Of course, yeah. because it was the first probably types of robots, right, to use. And was it Da Vinci, right? Or was it yeah, it was a Da Vinci, yes. Mm -hmm. There was a competitor at that time called the Zeus, which was a, a little different platform. It, it's not that easy to use. So that one basically, uh, I guess, went out of business or bought by and absorbed into this intuitive surgical ink, which is a company producing the, uh, making this Da Vinci.
Oh, okay. Mm. But right now, is it any alternatives to Da Vinci or it's only one? Well, there's still... Um, there are competitors now uh, from UK and also from Germany, uh, Japan as well, and also I heard Korea, but their technology level is not really up to uh, the Da Vinci uh, yet, because Da Vinci, you know, have a long history, already 20 years, and they put a lot of money into the R&D, research and development, so they're really far ahead of the peer. And a lot of data as well already available. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what does a robot-assisted surgery procedure look like? Well, some people might think that it's like autonomous, you know, um, robot. Meaning the robot just do everything. Of you know, the robot just uh, does everything on his own. But um, actually, it's not. It's still uh, controlled by the surgeon. Uh, you have the robot that's designed to look, not look. I mean, function like a human surgeon standing by the patient doing the actual operation but the movement and everything is controlled by surgeon who sits about maybe two meters away at the control center so just imagine i'm not sure if you've seen the movie transformer yes of course yeah where the <laughs> operator humans sit in the inside the head of the robot yeah and, and then manipulate yeah. so basically what act whatever action you you um, you make the robot would imitate that. Yep. So basically, this is what it is. The same thing. Yeah. All so right. it's human control procedure. Basically. So so the question is like I think a lot of your patients have this question, mm -hmm. like um, how they can trust this robot because it's robot does everything, but as you said, it's not the robot; it's the surgeon who controls everything. Right, was going right. during operation, and there are very excellent uh, safety mechanism built into the robot. So if there is any kind of um, malfunction, it's automatically stopped right then and there. So you can't really move. It can't make a mistake by moving on its own either. So that's you know, oh, that's so a good point. Mm -hmm. So this is the. Let's talk a little bit about advantages. So what are the advantages? of the Da Vinci robotic surgical system? Well, um, robotic surgery um, basically is a minimal invasive surgery, just like laparoscopic surgery. Um, you know, it, the instrument and the camera goes through uh, the small incision. So they're both basically the same if you look at the, the uh, incision size. Uh, the difference is inside how the um, how the system works in laparoscopic surgery, as you know, the instrument is very uh, clumsy. Um, it doesn't allow you to perform complex operation, and the vis vision that you get is two dimension, and you have to look away from the site where you do surgery. You have to look at the monitor, which plays opposite you or somewhere else in two dimension. And you know, in two dimension, you really don't get the depth perception. So sometimes when you're working in the deep lo uh, location, you might not be able to really predict 
where it is. So it's kind of clumsy before you really finally get to it. And to do complex procedure in the deep, in the depth of, um, you know, let's say in pelvis, uh, mm -hmm. it, it is very difficult. Uh, on the other hand, robotic allow that kind of procedure to be done very smoothly because the instrument is designed to almost like a human's hand, it has wrist. And the camera also provides a three-dimensional image for you, so you perceive both the depth and you can manipulate your instruments almost like you have your hand inside. So everything can be done very fluidly and smoothly. Plus, because this is a computer system, so the mo movement or the um, image can be digitalized and transformed. Uh, the image can be magnified into I think, three times so you can see much, much better and clearer. Uh, the movement from the surgeon, the sort of undesirable motion can be filtered you know, through the computer. For example, the surgeon uh, have tremors. Oh, you know, the okay. tremor would be filtered out. So you see the action in the robot arms would be completely different from the action in the surgeon's side because you won't see that tremor with the robot. So it will robot. be very precise. Right. Mm. And then the other thing is the, um, the computer was is able to scale down the surgeon's motion mm -hmm. to allow the robot to perform a really fine procedure. For example, you know, surgeon move in the regular movement, um, that movement would be scaled down to one third. So the robot would perform in a much, much more finer. Like gently. Yes. Mm. So, and, and you know, so basically you can do your surgery with robot uh, in a much clearer environment and also in a very natural hand movement action as well. So, um, the, let's say cancer surgery, which is very important to make sure that you clear the margin, that you don't cut into the tumor. Uh, with robot, you can do much more precise and better control than laparoscopic. So it has a lot of advantages compared to laparoscopy in that fashion. It, it makes the procedure much more precise, uh, much more controlled, and um, of course that translates into better outcomes for the patient. This is how about complications after surgery? Is it any you know rates if you compare to laparoscopic? Uh, well, of course, uh, complications do exist, but um, you know we have many studies. Let's say looking at the uh, procedure for colon or for gallbladder. Um, the although statistically they're not really that different between laparoscopic and robotic provided both procedures performed by really experienced, you know, surgeons. Um, but there is a little nuance in there. If you were a surgeon, you use robot, you could see the problem before 
before you, you really um, get into it. And if there's a problem, you can repair, you can fix it much better with the robot. And that's sometimes, you can't really quantify it. So that's basically the, the, the quality of the robot that uh, perceived by the surgeons themselves. Uh, once you become very proficient in robotic procedure, in robotic um, skills, it's very difficult for you to go back to laparoscopic again. As you can see nowadays, you know, uh, in Thailand, um, the robotic prostatectomy has become very commonplace right now. And if you ask any urologist, if they want to go back to use laparoscopic to perform prostatectomy, I would say none of them would say yes. In, <laughs> wow, this is interesting. But you were talking about like surgeons' experience as well. So it's very important to be very well trained in robotics, in these particular surgeries, to be able to perform the uh, the surgeries, right? But definitely, it's just like any kind of you know um, skilled uh, procedure. Uh, surgeon has to have a good background. Of course, you know, in, in surgery you have to really know your stuff, uh, anatomy, physiology, first of all. And then of course you have to be trained uh, in a correct fashion. Um, you know, we have school for that, we have a training, uh, the facility for it. And the, the next important thing is you have to have experience, that means you have to have volume because it's just like art, you know, you can be a good painter if you paint more pictures and people who really paint only one or two. You mean the number of cases? Right, know. number of mm -hmm. cases really also very important. Well, this is for patients yeah. to check. So this is the question the patient should ask the surgeon. Definitely. How many cases did you perform for the Definitely, last year? Yes, volume and outcomes are pretty correlated. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is, this is great. Um, let's talk, because you were talking a little bit about surgery performed on prostate and pelvis. Um, so can you tell me what exact conditions um, can surgeons use robotic assisted surgery for? Um, well, nowadays, uh, the Da Vinci can be used for almost um, anything from the oral cavity all the way to the rectum, um, not to mention something in the chest, for example, lung surgery, esophageal surgery, or in the abdomen. In the abdomen, we can apply the robot to almost every organs nowadays. Uh, the, I guess in Thailand, the most you know, popular organ the surgeon used to re remove or uh, operate on is you know, prostate and bladder, kidney, for example. But um, in my area, I use it uh, for pancreas, stomach, um, spleen, adrenal gland, um, so forth and so on. You know, <laughs> anything you can imagine, basically, <laughs> we, can, we can do it now. This is just amazing, to be honest. And um, let's talk, we were talking about benefits for right? so robotic assisted surgery already um, a little bit. But as you said, it's a better outcome and uh, the more precise. Um, 
Yeah, you can you can divide um, you know into the benefits to the patient and benefits to the surgeon. Okay. So benefits <laughs> to the patients, of course, you know, it's a minimal invasive surgery, just like laparoscopic surgery. So the patient uh, have less pain and recover fast, faster, and you know less complications, say from less bleeding, for example. Uh, for the surgeon, that's completely really different between laparoscopic and robotic. Uh, you know, from the ergonomic point of view, in laparoscopic surgeons really basically operate in a very unnatural, uncomfortable position. Uh, if you do laparoscopic surgery for more than three or four hours, you're going to get stiff neck, stiff shoulder. Ah, because I have to yeah. look at the monitor, right? Yeah, okay. and, and you know, the instruments also doesn't allow you to uh -huh. move in a natural way. Whereas in uh, robotic surgery, you sit at the console, you look down, so much just like you perform a natural operation, like in the traditional open surgery. So you're much more comfortable, you're much more relaxed, and uh, you perform the surgery in a natural way, so it won't really uh, injure your neck or injure your arms. And uh, the, the thing I like most about the Da Vinci is that when you sit at the console, you look down at the monitor, um, you feel like in your, you, you are in your own, own, you know, your own world. You, are, you have a really very um, deep concentration. You're not distracted by anything outside because the only thing you saw was, the only thing you see is really what inside the patient and what are you, you are doing. So that's really the, the big advantage as far as I'm concerned. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, and very interesting question. Um, Robotics has changed more than medicine a lot just in general, right? However, what do you think about the future of robots in surgery? Would um, they be able to totally replace a human one day? Well, um, that's an interesting um, question to explore, I think, because as I mentioned before, the robotic surgical system is a really computer-enhanced system. So if you have computer involved, you know that it's going to continue to progress. So the potential of robotic surgery is unlimited, as, as far as you can see. Um, you know, just imagine uh, in the past, you started with the typewriter and then you move on to word processor, which is com computer platform. And then because it's digital, so all other digital information can be added to that. So you've got sound in it, so you get pictures, so now you get an iPad or you get an <laughs> yes, iPhone. Sure. So the thing's going to happen in similar way to the robotic surgery. Uh, right now, we, we already have image incorporated into it. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, in the future, especially in the field of cancer surgery, you have a lot more technology involved. For example, you can really um, use uh, technology that I allow you to identify the cancer while you're operating exactly where it is, you know, even in the lymph nodes, for example. Um, so that's one direction that I think is going. And the other direction, of course, is you're talking about artificial intelligence. Yep. And that's going to be integrated into it. So right now, certain simple procedure, 
that's with a simple algorithm can be done by the robot itself. You just feed in the, the program and the robot will perform that. But in the future, I guess once the computer powers, you know, increase more than nowadays, we'll be able to do a more complex operation. I mean, of course, by robot, not by human. Um, the other thing that I see is that uh, the miniaturization, meaning the robot itself would be smaller and smaller up to nanoscale where we can inject that robot into the body and the treatment will be at the cellular or molecular level and that's already being done in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. It's um, the robots, and they actually deliver medication, cancer medication to the to the cancer cells. Sure. I just read it like a few months ago. Uh -huh. Quite successful. Yes. So we'll see. This is the next step. That's. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's a technology, and uh, if we're talking about, let's remember, then we watched, for example, Terminator the movies and it was right, kind of right, this right. is the future we might never see but what happened now we can see the robots which made by the boston dynamics and all of them they're like real living things so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's something you have to really be uh, i guess concerned especially <laughs> with artificial intelligence you know and especially nowadays uh, the da vinci basically it's almost like a network you know it it can con communicate with uh, one another so um but i think that uh, that that terminator like movie probably won't happen in the real life i hope i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i hope so all right and um you know what i recently learned then you offer a free consultation regarding robotic assisted surgery to patient I think it's such a great offer. Um, can you please tell us a little bit more about that? Well, you know, I, I, I came to uh, Bamrungrad um, this year to basically help um, restart the robotic surgery program here, which uh, actually was started uh, in early in 2018 but uh, it has serviced mainly the urology patient. So this time what we're going to do is we're going to expand it into um, other specialties as well, including general surgery, uh, thoracic surgery, gynecology, and also ENT. Um, so uh, I think patient um, or um, general populations may not really understand um, why so many applications for uh, robotic surgeries. So to answer your question why I offer this free consultation is because I don't think it's a good idea for the uh, patients or uh, family to seek information uh, through social media or from someone who have uh, no knowledge of this um, area to um, give opinions or suggestions. So um, I decided to initiate this uh, free consultation uh, service for the patient and the family. Uh, let's say if um, they're, they're recommended to have uh, robotic surgery and they're, uh, they're concerned about it or have questions, they can always um, you know, 
consultants and uh, we give them a very uh, un unbiased uh, answers and also uh, evidence-based information. Okay. All right. And this was absolutely great session, Dr. Nosak. Thank you very much. Also, I would like to encourage our audience to do not miss this fantastic offer and send your request to Dr. Nosak through Bangarat's Robotic Surgery Center. Or you can send your email to international at as well. Um, you can see this email in the description of this episode. Or simply you can go to Bamrat Hospital website, bamrat.com, and send your inquiry. But please do mention that you're seeking a consultation with Dr. Anosak regarding robotic surgery. Um, Dr. Anosak, what exact papers the patient should send? Well, uh, if they have um, the clinical information, lab or imaging report, uh, if if they have uh, imaging itself, you know, that, that they can send, that would be much more preferable than just a report, paper report. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, doctor. That's quite clear. And thank you, everyone, for your attention. This is Dr. Laura and Dr. Anusak from Bamrad Hospital Talks. Please subscribe to our podcast for more episodes. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, uh, every listener. Bye. Bye-bye.